In today's show, we're looking at the fantasy basketball waiver wire. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. All right. Wave a wire. We're going to talk wave a wire today, pretty obviously, because that's, that's what we're doing in the show called Wave a Wire. Looking at players that you can add, looking at players that are being added, looking at players that you might be able to drop, looking at guys who might be worth upside stashes, all that sort of stuff in today's show. So let's get stuck into it straight away. And let's look at the most added players over the last 24 hours. Number one on that list for a couple of reasons is Alec Burks of the New York Knicks. Number one reason, I guess, is because he plays on Sunday. Number two reason was because in the last game against the Pistons, he went abs- oh, not against Pistons, sorry, against the Rockets. He went bananas. He had like he's been playing at a really high level, and he went crazy in that uh, in that last game for the Knicks. So, I guess people are reacting to that as a level of production, and there is no denying that Alec Burks has been playing well. Right, he has been. He's been outplaying Evan Fournier. Derek Rose and Kemba Walker. He's been the best of those guards. He plays. He's been outplaying RJ Barrett. At the three, he's closing games over Barrett. He's a top 100 player over the last two weeks, averaging 13 points and doing it while only shooting 40, uh, 55% from the free throw line. He's hitting just 30, uh, 47% from three. So that while that is high, his overall shooting numbers aren't through the roof because he's at 38% from two. There is going to be some cool down from his shooting numbers for sure. And the minutes is the big question, right? Will he maintain 25 a night? Will he continue to play over guys like Kemba, Fournier, and Barrett? With the way he's playing, the obvious call is yes. But this is almost like best-case scenario for Burks. As he's playing this well. Those guys are playing that poorly, and he's still getting 25 minutes a night. That makes me a little bit leery about considering him as a must-roster long-term guy. But for the short-term, sure. I think a lot of these guys on this most added list are a little bit knee-jerky. Yeah, Ken Birch last game was fantastic. He had four steals and two blocks. That's awesome, but... It, it's not real. Like, it's just not. Like, he's not a high steals or a high blocks guy. He's not getting 30 minutes a night, not even getting close to it. He's not a high usage player. I think in the end, like, he's fine to stream in for Sunday, but I, I wouldn't be prioritizing him as a 12-team league guy. Same goes for Isaiah Hartenstein, who was excellent in their last game. But you know what? Serge Barker's back today, and they're going to play three centers. Can Hartenstein play 20 minutes? It seems unlikely. Like, Barker might only play 10. Zubats might play 25 or whatever. Like, it's going to be hard to get 20 minutes out of Hartenstein. Now, I could make an argument really easily that he's the best center on this team. I don't know if I'd win at many places, but I can make an argument for it. But is that enough to play 23 minutes? I don't think it is. Jalen Suggs, well, you know my take on Suggs, that I would have been holding him anyway. He came back, had a couple of solid games in a row, and people are re-adding him. I think that's the right move. Let's see where it goes. By the time we hit, yeah, I've probably only got a couple of weeks left before I'm ready to, to move on from him, but some positive signs recently from Suggsy. Jared Vanderbilt, 
putting up some good defensive numbers. He's an elite rebounder. We know that. So if you want rebounds, he's got value. I think he's locked in, at least in the short term, to be a starter for the Wolves. And now he's bringing some blocks and some steals also as their starting power forward. Now, he's probably more fringe than must roster, but he's interesting. Frank Jackson's the biggest like reactionary ad that I've ever seen, really. Um, I know he had that huge game last time out for the Pistons against the Warriors. He, he went crazy in that game, but yeah, this is Frank Jackson, man. Like I don't think he's a top 300 player. I guess a lot of the ads for him are because it is... Um, Sunday, and he's playing on a Sunday game, but don't worry about that. Don't worry about JaVale McGee. He had some really a couple of nice games in low minutes, but it's just a specialist stream situation. But the Nerlens Noel one is interesting. He should be on a roster everywhere. He is still being added at a high rate, and it does help that the Knicks are playing today and that Mitch Robinson is out, but Noel should be on fantasy rosters. His ability to get blocks and steals is almost unparalleled. Yeah, Matisse Thibel is the only guy that comes close really there for him in those categories. Uh, Robinson's consistently hurt. He's, he's now dealing with a concussion. Noel's consistently hurt as well. But the argument that Noel is better than Robinson is not a hard one to make, whether Thibodeau agrees with that or not. But at worst, at worst, Noel's playing 21 minutes a night, I would suggest, once they're both healthy. And that makes him useful. And then in terms of another streamer, Derek Jones Jr., who's getting a lot of center minutes for the Bulls with um, Nikola Vucevic on the sidelines still. It's Vucevic. So that's giving him uh, more opportunity to get defensive stats. That's the sort of player he is. He's a defensive stats streaming guy. Um, and, and there is value in having that. There's there's no debating that. And he's getting a solid role. It's just not going to last uh, super long term, would be my guess. I'm going to tell you, though, about the best NBA DFS prop game out there. It is. Price Picks, have you heard about it? I know you're going to love it. Price Picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market and better than other DFS prop providers because it's not just the superstar players they include, it's everybody. Even the bench guys getting a couple of minutes and whatever prop you can think of, points and threes, assists, rebounds, steals, even fantasy points per game, they have over-under props on all of that. So what you do is you pick two to five players, chuck them into an entry with their over-unders, and it's just you versus the predictions. And then you can win up to 10 times your entry. When you go to sign up, use the promo code NBA for a 100% match deposit bonus up to $100. And it's not just basketball. You can do actually cross-sport entries. So throw a football prop with a couple of basketballs into one lineup and see how it goes. So entries can be done in under 60 seconds. Payouts are fast and safe so head to pricepicks.com, use that promo code NBA or download the app. PricePix is daily fantasy made easy. You're all aware of this common problem. You watch your live sports on one device. You've got another device to watch your on-demand favorites. You get your highlights and you watch them on your phone. And then you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the other stuff. Well, it's just too much. Like who wants to deal with all that rigmarole and hassle and devices and all that sort of stuff? I want to tell you about a way, a simple way to get all the entertainment you love and a great way to finally get your TV together. It is called Direct TV Stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite shows, movies, and sports all in one place. And that means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there is no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirectTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required and content varies by package. Let's move on now to the droppable players. Again, I've got to throw this out there all the time. And just a quick note as well. I don't know if it's the right time for me to do this, but I'll do it now. I'm going to talk about Luke Walton's firing on the recap show later today. Don't worry, that's coming. 
But on the week preview show, multiple people have asked me when I talk about the weekly leagues, starts and sits. Hey, Josh, when you say weekly sits, does that mean that when those guys play, I don't play them? No, absolutely not. What a weekly league is, is a league where you change your lineups every week. You don't change them every day. So when I say it's a weekly league sit, it means when you go to set your lineup on Monday, those guys do not need to be in your active 10 guys that you lock in on Monday and can't change for the rest of the week. It does not mean that when it is time for them to play, like the Mavericks having only two games this coming week, that when you go to the game where Porzingis plays on Tuesday, that you don't play him in a daily changes league. That's not what that means, like even remotely close to what that means. There's no logic behind why you would do that. What it means is if you're in a weekly league on Monday, when you set the lineups, the Dallas guys playing two games, you wouldn't be putting them into your active lineup. That's what weekly starts and sits means. It's for weekly changes leagues, not daily changes leagues. Please get that through your head. I don't want people making those mistakes of you know, going in saying, well, Josh said that I've got to sit Mavericks players, so therefore on a daily changes, I'm just going to make, don't just sit on my bench. Please don't do that. Now that's out of the way. I should have mentioned that on yesterday's show, but I just had so much flood of so many comments about it yesterday. that went, shit, do people not actually understand what this says? So I better clarify it. Droppable players, again, clarifying this. Don't just drop them. But if you do need to create a roster spot, if you need to stream guys in, if you need to activate an IR player, if you need to add whatever in a two-for-one trade, these guys, I wouldn't shed a tear over moving on from them. Andre Drummond. Do we get that he's terrible? Like he's shithouse, yeah? We know that now. I know that the appeal, the allure of, oh, well, Joel Embiid, he's going to be out, and Drummond's just going to slide in and put up good numbers. What did he do that for, like, three games? And he's just been dreadful since then. Goldfinger Charles Bassey has been out playing him the last two games. Drummond gets cooked repeatedly. I think he's out to the top 160 over the last two weeks anyway. Embiid's coming back soon. Do you want to hold on to a stash that's actually shithouse? Or an ear handcuff? It's in a daily changes format. It's pointless. So if you want to move on, move on. Kelly Oubre, yeah, he's up and down. Are the downs worth holding on for the ups? I don't believe so. But he's still rostered in tons of spots. I wouldn't bother. Mason Plumley, PJ Washington Jr. is coming back. And while I don't think the Hornets are going to play Washington big minutes or you're playing 30 and limit Plumley, Plumley's still only getting 25 a night without PJ. And they're running literally without a center at times, playing Miles Bridges there. Plumley's free throw percentage is horrendous. You need to be punting that category. Um, I just don't think that the upside that he brings is worth burning a roster spot on it. I don't think there is any upside. Chris Duarte, um, it had been trending this way for a while. I've talked about him as a droppable player before on the recap shows. I think it's pretty clear now. Off the bench last game for Justin Holiday, even if he starts, the numbers just aren't there. Ever since those first two games, I think everything's gone down. Uh, he struggled. He was never going to be able to maintain that level of shooting. Um, then Levert came back, and eventually you're going to have Warren come back. But even so, he's off the bench. He's a clear drop. Steve Adams, much like with Plumley or with Ubre, you get the good game, but then you get four or five shit ones in a row, and it's not worth holding on to him through those bad games. Darius Baisley in a points league, I would consider having him in a category league. There's just too much ups and downs and too much horrendous shooting um, and inefficient production for me to bother with him in a category league. Duncan Robinson, let's say it again. Like, There's no, absolutely no point having this guy in points leagues especially. And in category leagues, 12-teamers, I wouldn't worry about it. Stream him in, by all means. No worries. Three-pointers, that's great. But as a absolute must-hold guy who's rostered in like 95% of leagues, it's just a number that's too high. And unfortunately, it is the, the time is here for us to say that Kemba Walker, unfortunately, um, 
I think he can go. Hello. In fact, Jack Armstrong. Get that garbage out of here. Now, there is zero doubt in my mind that Kemba Walker will have a stretch of games that look good. There is zero doubt in my mind that Kemba Walker will put up some big performances coming up, even in the next week, it might be. But is the totality of his production, is the big game worth four 21-minute, four-point performances in a row when you've got Rose, Quickly, Burks, all these guys, Fournier, who can cut into his playing time that if he's struggling, he's just not going to go. By the time you listen to this podcast, the Knicks will have played maybe their Sunday game and he might have had a monster and I just look stupid. But it's about trying to balance the risk probability of that sort of thing and saying, well, I understand that I'm going to look stupid at times because he's going to have some big games. But in the totality of holding on in this situation for a guy, it's not like he's a rookie who's going to get better. There's a chance that he's just not good anymore and that his knees are done and there are too many other options on this team. So again, I'd be probably less likely to drop him than anyone else on this list, but I think he can go. And Kyle Anderson still rostered in way too many spots. He's only getting like 22 minutes a night. I don't think it's improving. Well, what are we doing? We're we just holding on, hoping that last season's numbers are going to come. Last season's numbers came because Jaron Jackson was out. Jaron Jackson, at the time we're recording this, is not out. So hold on to, uh, well, hold on to Jaron, of course, but do not drop Kyle Anderson. Let's go through some must roster players. Now, what we mean here is that these guys are rostered in under 70% on either Yahoo or on ESPN. And for most of you listening to this, They'll be on a roster in your, in your league. But the beginners who are here, or the people maybe that your league is not quite as switched on, you need to know that these are all top 100-ish sort of players, close to that, and they should be on a roster. Reggie Jackson, Alex Caruso, Gary Trent. Can't believe I'm saying it, but Gary Trent. Will Barton, Patrick Beverly, Josh Giddy, Lowry Markinen. Looks like he's returning next game. Alf Stewart. Is that you, Mr. Stewart? Well, who the hell else do you think it'd be? Get in here, you pair of flaming galahs. His teammate, the depressed penis, Sadiq Bey. Now, both of those guys, Bey and Stewart, have been bad. There's no denying that, but I still believe they have to be on a 12-team roster. And then lastly, we spoke about him already, Nerland's Noel. Noel needs to be on a roster as well. There's just too much value in what he does to leave him uh, languishing on the fantasy basketball waiver wire. But Thanksgiving is just a couple of days away. You know what that means. It's food, it's family, but it's high calorie and high sugar and high fat food, especially the desserts. So why don't you start a new Thanksgiving family tradition and bring a box of Built Bars? Sure, your relatives might look at you and go, what are you doing with a box of protein bars? That's not dessert. Where's my pie? And you go, settle down, granny. Like, settle down. We're, we're good here. Let me take control of things here. I'm going to distribute these delicious tasting built Bars because let's be honest, we could all do with a little less sugar, a little less fat, a little less carbs. But what we could all do is more protein and more deliciousness. And guess what? That stuff on the outside, that's not thats not fake crap. That is 100% real chocolate. Wow, is it? Yeah, it is. 100% real chocolate. Amazing flavors right across the board for Bilt Bar and always bring out new ones. And you can get them now for 15% off. If you haven't tried them, what are you waiting for? Go to lock.com, use the promo code BUILT15. Try to, that is completely wrong. Scrap that. Go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 and you will save 15% off your order of Bilt Bar. Bilt Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. All right, upside grabs. We're talking about guys here who probably not going to pay off at this point. Probably not, but they might later on. Now, before I go on to talk about more of these upside grabs, I do believe 
that. And I've still got to work out a good nickname for this guy. It's not far off. But Alperen Sengun needs to be on a roster. He's rostered in most leagues anyway. But just, just in case he's not, you need to have him on a roster. And I just wanted to throw this out there because I look at it continuously and it makes me laugh. And this is where the nickname is going to come from. But don't tell me that Alperen Sengun does not look like um, Andrew Glauberman from uh, Big Mouth. You cannot, you cannot tell me that they do not look the same. If you're here on YouTube, you can see the picture, that the tweet that I put out. That's unbelievable. And I've got to find a great nickname to tie into that. But that is uh, it's one of my best lookalikes ever. And I'm pretty happy with it. All right. Let's go back to talk about um, upside grabs here. Andrew Glauberman's teammate, KJ Martin. At some point, the Rockets, I don't know, they're going to fire Silas. Martin, it's irrepressible how important he can be. I think yeah, whether he is end up being a long-term starter in the league or like a seventh man, uh, Bobby Portis, Taj Gibson sort of big man, he's really impressive coming off the bench. And if he gets 25 a night, he will be at least a 12-team league guy. It is just stash sort of stuff. But a few guys need to go. Yeah, one of those big men, Tyson Wood, Tate maybe, House, Gordon, someone, someone there that opens up an extra 10 to 15 minutes for Martin to get him. Nasir Little. I don't know whether they're going to give him 30 minutes. Covington's still there. Nance's still there. Who knows what sort of moves O'Shea or whoever is now running that because O'Shea surely can't be making any decisions with this investigation going on. Surely not. Surely not. And by surely not, I mean, of course he is because this is the NBA and bullshit happens all the time. Um, but Little is pushing up slowly and more slowly in, into a larger role. So there's a little bit of upside there. And also my man, the big stiffy, Bones Highland. It didn't work out in terms of him pushing into that role with no Porter and then no Barton because he hurt his ankle at the same time. And then since he's come back, he's struggled. But there is still that possibility that he can push into a 25-minute regular bench role, maybe stealing some minutes from Morris. He's already taken them from Campazzo and Rivers, although those guys have clawed a little bit back. But that is one that just to watch because he was really good before that ankle injury bones. Uh, Manuel quickly, a lot to get ahead of. Walker, Fournier, Rose, Burks. But he's been outperforming nearly all of them, apart from Burks. Tom Thibodeau is a... Oh, I don't know what the right word is. He is a curious creature. Um, he's stubborn, and it is sometimes hard to get him to make those switches. But if it happens, it happens. And then back to the Rockets, Joshy Christopher. He was playing as the backup point guard, backup shooting guard. And then Stephen Silas says, no, no, no. We need to get minutes into DJ Augustin. And everyone said, oh, of course, Steve. If you're looking to get fired, that's a great way to do it. So Josh is out of the rotation again. At some point, him and Usman Garuba, hopefully, get to play. And I think Christopher could find a 20-minute role, role per night later in the season, especially if Eric Gordon is moved on from. I didn't realize how long this show was going for, but uh, that's fine. We're here. Other names to talk about, Bobby Portis, must roster player. No, I don't think that Portis will be the starting center all season. But I do think that when Lopez comes back, Portis might remain there for a couple of games. I think they will put Lopez back in there. Portis' defense is just too suspect to have him long-term as your starting center. Larry Nance, let's be honest. Larry Nance has had one good game this year, and everyone's scurried to grab him because we've, we know the upside. But then the second game after that, he wasn't good. He On, in, uh, on Saturday, he wasn't good. So... Is he worth adding? Yes. Is he, If he plays 23 minutes a night for the next three games, like I, it's not worth it, I don't think, holding on. But let's see what happens. With Colin Sexton out for the season, the Discman, C.D. Arsman, he is um, at least an interesting 14-team league guy. I wouldn't be going crazy, especially with Markinen returning. Um, P.J. Tucker, with Markeith Morris out, he's playing like an extra three to four minutes a night, and it's actually making him 12-team league worthy. 
I think at least as a short-term guy, he's not a bad option for the Heat. Pat Mills with Joe Harris out, like him short-term, but that's really it. Jalen Brunson, just in case you're unaware, he is a must-roster player, irrespective of Doncic's status. And then also another name to mention, Danilo Gallinari, the Italian cock. Where is he? Hands off my cock! Because on Saturday, he played a huge role. Big minutes, big production, and people tie themselves to the name value. Oh, man, I remember Gallinari. It used to be great. Yeah, you did. But that was three or four years ago. And that was a game that Bogdanovich played like 22 minutes. So instead of Gallinari playing 22 minutes, Gallinari played 30, and Bogdanovich played 23. Now, unless we expect that to be a continual thing, and I don't, I wouldn't be grabbing Gallinari outside of deep leagues. But it is worth mentioning because it was mentioned to me that maybe, hey, he should be a grab based on that one game instead of overreacting to that one game. It's trying to put it in context and, and work out whether it makes sense. And to me, it doesn't quite make sense. That will do it for today's show. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. But if you're here on YouTube, give it a thumbs up. Leave your comments down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.